What's up, everybody? On the Come Up Podcast, back at it again with another fantastic episode. Today, we're talking to NBA free agency extravaganza. We're previewing some of the biggest NBA free agents that hit the market this summer and also ending the podcast with a Toy Story 4 movie review. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, yes, yes. That time of the week again, people on the Come Up Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I'm your host, Jacob Knight. If you're a first time listener, welcome to the podcast. And if you're a returning listener, glad to have you back. We've got a good episode for you today, folks. Some quick announcements before I get into the topics for the day. Next week's episode will be uploaded on a Wednesday instead of this normal Thursdays because next Thursday is 4th of July and you know everybody's going to be too busy grilling, eating, and all that stuff. So I decided to just to upload the episode a day early so y'all can enjoy y'all's 4th of July. And uh, also, next week, we'll be debuting a new, a new logo for the podcast. Yes, real excited about that. I'm probably going to upload the picture Monday, and then when I upload the episode on Wednesday, you'll see the new logo and all that good stuff. And July is going to be a real, a real good month for the podcast. we got a lot of content to talk about. We have... Uh, and before I hop into that, yes, I know <clears throat> for my Stranger Things people, yes, I know a trailer dropped last Thursday and I wanted, I really, really wanted to talk about it this episode, but I, I'm going to hold off for a week and next week's episode, I'm going to dedicate a good portion of the podcast pre- previewing the new season of Stranger Things. And like I said, July is going to be a good month for content for the podcast because we got Stranger Things coming out. We got Spider-Man Far From Home coming out. And the week after, uh, both of those come out next week. So the week after that, I will have a review of both Stranger Things 3 and Spider-Man Far From Home dedicated episode to that. I wanted to do it. I wanted to put out an episode this Friday reviewing it, but I thought that wouldn't have been enough time for me to watch both of them and get a good, solid review. So I wanted to push it back a few, push it back in the next week's episode so I have a great review uh, to give to y'all, but we got both of those coming out in July. We have Comic Con, the biggest comic book convention coming out in July, and, and a bunch of good movies coming out also in July with the Lion King and with the Lion King uh, live action and the Quentin Tarantino movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I am planning to see both of those, and hopefully, I will have a, a movie reviews for those two movies for the podcast. And when, yes, uh, any other things I'm missing? Yes, it's just a recap. Once again, next week's episode uploaded on Wednesday, Monday, putting out the new logo and a lot of great and a lot of great content for me to cover in July. And after those quick, quick announcements, let's talk about some NBA free agency. This upcoming free agency period is going to be the biggest in NBA history, we have some of the biggest stars on the move or staying at their respective teams. I compared this free free agency to an arms race of some sort. An arms race is a competition between nations for superiority in the development and accumulation of weapons. So basically, I compared each team to to a country and these superstar free agents as nuclear weapons, and they're fighting over who's going to have the most nuclear weapons for their country. And some terms to remember uh, throughout the duration of this podcast is 
unrestricted free agent. That means the player's contract is up and they can sign with any team they want. A restricted free agent means they're still a free agent and they can listen to offers from other teams. But if they get offered something from another team, their current team can match that to keep the player if they want to. And the next one is player option. That means a player can pick up the last year of their contract or choose to be a free agent and opt out. And usually this last year is going to be a large sum of money that's going to affect the team's cap space. Next is luxury tax. If a team if a team goes over the salary cap, the team has to pay a penalty for each dollar that exceeds the tax level. So let's say if a team is $5 million over the salary cap, and let's say for each dollar they go over, they have to pay, let's say, $2 back to the NBA. So the luxury tax is $5 million over. They have to pay $10 million back to the NBA. And then next, we're going to talk about the contracts they offer in free agency or the max contracts they offer. Um, the, the biggest one is the super max contract. is five years, $221 million. But you have to stay with the team that is that drafted you. So you got to stay through that your current that team that drafted through the through the duration of that contract to receive the supermax and as of now only Kemba Walker is available to receive the supermax of five years 221 million dollars the next contract down is a max contract is five years 190 million dollars and only your current team can offer you that so if Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard stay with their current teams they can receive this five year $190 million contract. And the other contract, the last one, max contract is a four-year, $141 million. And that's if you go to another team. So uh, KD, Kawhi, Kyrie, or Kemba leaves to go to another team. That's the biggest contract they can receive. And uh, with this segment, we're going to go over some of the biggest free agents that's available. We're going to say, are they going to stay with the current team or go to a new team? And we'll be a good fit if they decide to go to a new team. The first person is Al Horford. Uh, he did opt out of his $30 million player option to become a free agent. He's one of the most uh, versatile centers in the league. He can pass, rebound, defend all five positions, and shoot the three a little bit. And, and I guess he opted out because he sees himself as a $30 million a year player. I personally don't see it. I feel like Al Horford is a good player, but he's not worth $30 million a year. But I'm not going to knock a guy for believing in himself. And there's two teams I think he could be a good fit on, and that's the Mavericks or the Pelicans because he brings a veteran presence to a young up to a young up and coming teams like for the Mavericks of, for instance, uh, with him, Luka Doncic and Porzingis, that'd be a good little core to build around. And if he goes to New Orleans, if he goes to New Orleans, it'll be. Him, Zion, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and True Holiday, that could be a good starting five. And since Orford did opt out of his player option with the Celtics, I have him as gone to a new team. The next player is Malcolm Brogdon. He can re-sign with the Bucks, but he can also listen to offers from other teams. And I believe if Malcolm Brogdon, if not Malcolm Brogdon, if Chris Milton picks up his player option, he'll stay, but he may go if if uh, Middleton opts out and signs a bigger deal with the Bucks, which is reportedly he may do, and they decide to keep both players and sign them to big deals, they'll probably go over the lux. They probably have to go over the luxury tax and pay back the NBA money. So, in my opinion, they have to choose between Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon. But if he goes, 
I think the Celtics would be a good fit for Brogdon because uh, if you go to the Celtics, that means Kyrie's gone and Rozier may be gone, so they'll be short point guards. And Malcolm Brogdon is a, is a really good point guard. So I have Malcolm Brogdon leaving the Milwaukee Bucks and playing for another team. The next person on the list is DeMarcus Cousins. A team is not going to sign him to a big max deal like he wants him to because over the past two years, he suffered a torn Achilles and a torn quad uh, recently in the playoffs. I feel like he's going to stay with Golden State, depending on you know what the other two free agents on the team do. But if he leaves, once they get in the Mavericks, will be a good option with Luka and Porzingis and Normarca Cousins in the front court because both of them can play in the post. And with spacing, they can take their game out to the three and open the four wide have more space on the floor um but i feel like he may stay since clay and kevin durant suffered injury so golden state probably need to keep him in their rotation so i say demarcus cousins is gonna stay with golden state and the next one is jj reddick jj reddick one of the best three-point shooters in the league he's a three-point specialist and nowadays in the nba every team needs at least one three-point shooter so a three-point shooter could probably fit anywhere in the league and a few, and a few uh, teams that make a that he probably could fit with is probably the Lakers, the Nets if they don't resign Joe Harris and the Mavericks. But I have JJ Redick staying in Philadelphia because I feel like they going out of the other two free agents they had they only keep one of them probably. And I read that he likes Philadelphia. He already got his family established. Uh, in the area, so I guess he don't feel like moving. So I guess he's probably gonna play the rest of his. He may play the rest of his career in Philadelphia. So I have JJ Reddick staying. Next is a uh, D'Angelo Russell, who's a restricted free agent. I say this hinges on him staying. It hinges on if Kyrie goes to Brooklyn. If Kyrie goes to Brooklyn, uh, D'Angelo Russell will be gone. There's a few rumors that the Pacers are probably the front runners. Compare him with Oladipo, probably one of the I say top five backcourt if you pair them both together. But if he stays and they don't get Kyrie, probably they may pair him with Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler, probably a good pairing. And also, I've been reading reports that the Lakers have gained a real interest in Russell, and and it's been likewise too because Russell's has gaining interest and probably is going to meet with the Lakers when free free agency start. So I had D'Angelo Russell. Gone from the Brooklyn Nets to another team. And next is Chris Middleton. He has a player option. And the report saying he, he's going to opt out of his player option and probably sign a deal, a long-term deal with the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks. So I have Chris Middleton staying in Milwaukee. And next are the two players from the 76ers, Tobias Harris. The, uh, the Sixers stated they want to keep him and Butler, but both of them wants big deals it's hard because in a couple you know they already got joel and b signed to a mac contract and they want to re-sign jj reddick they go they got to re-sign him as well and i think after next year ben simmons contract will be up so you gotta give him a big contract but i feel like tobias harris will be cheaper of the two of him and butler for the sixers to keep and i feel like if butler goes he'll stay but if he leaves I say Brooklyn or Charlotte will be a good fit for Tobias Harris. And the final verdict for him is I have Tobias Harris staying with the 76ers and his possible former teammate Jimmy Butler. There's rumors that he's going to opt out his contract as soon as as soon as soon you can. 
And Butler is a good player. He's a perimeter. To, he's a premier two-way player, probably top five in the league with him. Not in any particular any particular order of two-way players. Probably him, Clay Thompson, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Those are probably the top four right there. He's improved his shooting in some potential landing spots. Could be the Lakers, Charlotte, Brooklyn, and even Houston over the past couple of days. I think Houston is emerges the front runner. I personally don't think that you put him, CP3, and uh, James Harden, I don't think that's going to gel together because you got CP3 and Jimmy Butler who got two strong personalities. And I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to like the isolation play that James Harden be doing. So I had Jimmy Butler gone from the 76ers. And next, we have Klay Thompson. He wants a max deal from the Warriors. And the Clippers emerged as one of the teams that's real interested in Klay Thompson. And it was reported today that Klay Thompson will meet with the Clippers if he's not offered a max contract with the Warriors. And once again, this hinges if Kevin Durant stays with a re-sign Klay. But to me, the Warriors always take care of their homegrown talent. They took care of Steph, and now they're going to take care of Klay. So I have Klay Thompson staying in Golden State. The next one on the list is Kimball Walker. He stated that he'll sign a lesser deal with the Pelicans, not with the Pelicans, with Charlotte, if they can sign another good player. He's eligible for the, the super max of $221 million. But if he signs with another team, he only can sign for $141 million. So it's a difference of $80 million if he stays or if he goes. And some some of the front runners are probably the Knicks, Charlotte, the Lakers. I even heard the Celtics because if they get rid of if they get rid of uh, Al Horford and Kyrie, they have a lot of cap space to sign Kemba Walker to a big deal. But my gut feeling on Kemba Walker is I I have on my notes I say I have him staying in Charlotte, so I'm gonna go with my notes and have him staying in Charlotte. Uh, the next on the list is another premier point guard in the league, Kyrie Irving. I, we already know Kyrie Irving's gone from Boston. He hasn't spoke to the team in weeks since the lost to Milwaukee Bucks in the in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Some of the front runners, only two real, two, only two real big front runners. That's the Knicks and the Nets. And the Nets is part of the front runners out of the two of them. And like I said, uh, Kyrie hasn't spoken to the Celtic organization in weeks, even though they're probably going to offer him a contract. He's more, he's more than likely going to deny it. So I'll have Kyrie Irving gone from the Boston Celtics. Next on the list was the big fish in the sea, but since his injury, he just he got knocked down to second. It's Kevin Durant. He was the most, like I said, he was the most desired free agent on the market this offseason before his torn Achilles in the NBA Finals. And he's more than likely more than likely going to miss the 2019-2020 season. But teams are still going to offer him a max, even though they know that he's, he'll be out the first year of the deal. But a lot can happen in the next few days. He got either opt out his contract and sign a deal with another team. And it was reported today that he is opting out of his $31 million contract to become a free agent. That, that doesn't mean he's gone. Well, that, that doesn't not 100% guarantee that he's gone from Golden State because he opted out of his contract. Usually some players do opt out of their contract to sign a better deal with their current team. And uh, But I, I did have, if he did opt, then it stay, he will receive this money to become a free agent in 2020. But the most interesting one to me is since he opted out, they could sign him to, 100, to hit the five-year $190 million deal with the Warriors, then trade him to, I guess, 
uh, they'll probably sit Kevin Durant down. Say, okay, Kevin Durant, we uh, we signed you. You got the money, but we know you want to leave. So we're going to trade you to any team you want. So Kevin Durant won't lose down to $50 million if he opt out and went to another team. So the sign and trade will be an interesting one. But if trade and if they do trade Kevin Durant out of Golden State, they will receive some compens- compensation because if Kevin Durant opts out and leave to another team, they'll receive nothing for him. But whenever Kevin Durant plays, not next NBA season, but the 20. 2020-2021 season, he will not be in a Golden State uniform. So I have Kevin Durant gone. And last but not least, the NBA Finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard. This was probably the hardest one to decide because Kawhi Leonard is a weird guy. We don't, you know, he barely speaks. We don't, we don't know where he's going to go, but he can't opt in with the Raptors and pick up his $21 million player option and become a free agent in 2020. Or he could sign you know, a five-year, $190 million deal with the Raptors or a four-year, $141 million deal with another team. And it merges the Clippers are probably the favorite to sign Kawhi and reports he he may take means with the Nets, the Knicks, and the Sixers before he decided, okay, I want to go to this team right here. And and some of the analysts were saying he could probably sign a short-term contract with the Raptors, a one-and-one that means he plays for one year, signed and then had a player option for the next year. But like I said, he was the hardest player to determine if he stays or goes because you really don't know what Kawhi Leonard is thinking inside that head. But the Raptors, but Kawhi Leonard do return to the Raptors. They could bring almost everybody back because the only true free agent they have is Danny Green because uh, the Kyle Lowry can opt in or Kyle Kyle Lowry's on the books for this year and next year. And Mark Gasol can opt in so they can bring everybody back and probably re-sign Danny Green if they want to. But I have my final verdict on Kawhi Leonard is I have him staying and re-signing a contract with Toronto. And once again, NBA free agency starts June 30th at 6 p.m. And the players can start signing their contracts as soon as July 6th. Back at it with a movie review. This week, we're, we are reviewing Toy Story 4. Before I get into that, I updated my ranking system on these movies. I knew on the previous podcast, I think when I reviewed Godzilla, I said, like, I have to go to the movies, run it on Redbox, wait till it's on Netflix, go to FX. And I listened to that review again. I just sounded stupid going over that. So I'm just going to do a five-star review system, like how you review stuff on Amazon and stuff, you know, five stars is the best, then goes down to four, three, two, one. So this review, quick overview, the previous movies I reviewed, Endgame, Avengers Endgame, I give it five stars, John Wick Chapter 3, I give it 4.5, 4. 4.5 stars, four and a half stars, Godzilla Kingdom, King of the Monsters, I give it three and a half stars. But going into Toy Story 4, I was a little nervous I'm not going to lie when I sat down to watch the movie because Toy Story 3 ended perfectly. The Toy Story trilogy is probably one of the best trilogies ever made. And it it was the end of that, you know, the Andy arc of the franchise. But Toy Story 4 
it was it was amazing. Not gonna lie, it's Disney and Pixar. They've been running the animation game for the past twenty years. They're like the Jordan, the Pimp, and Pippin of Disney movies. And once when the movie started, I just felt I just felt the, felt the nostalgia right from the beginning because hearing you got a friend in me just took me back to my childhood when my mom took me to see the first two Toy Story movies in, in theaters. And we all had the Toy Story toys growing up. So every time we, we see Toy Story, it's going to take us back tr- to our childhood. But the movie takes place uh, right after three. There was no time, no, like, no 10 year time jump between like, like it was in uh, two and three. And when I watched the movie, I was like, oh, uh, what was her name? The sheet lady, Bo, she wasn't in the third movie. And they explained why she wasn't in the third movie in this movie. I'm just saying that because I assume whoever's listening, I assume we all seen the first three Toy Story movies. And one thing Disney and Pixar always do great in their movies, there's always a theme with the movie. And this one of the themes in this movie was acceptance, you know, accepting change, finding a new purpose in life. And one of the characters that devil to this thing was Woody. No, Woody had a hard time uh, accepting the transition from Andy being his owner to now Bonnie being his owner. And Bonnie's a little girl that Andy gave his toys to at the end of Toy Story 3. And, you know, Woody's always looking for Bonnie, looking out for Bonnie's best interest, but he wasn't getting that same type of treatment back. He kept bringing up in the movie when we was with Andy, we did, you know, X, Y, and Z. And with Andy, Woody was the end all be all. He was, he was a top toy. And in this case, Woody wasn't the top toy no more. It was a callback to the first movie. We remember when uh, he had a hard time accepting the fact that Buzz Lightyear was getting all of Andy's love and attention. And like I said, uh, this movie explored accepting new roles, multiple multiple characters uh, throughout the film was was uh, doing this. And you know some of the newer characters and some of the old ones was accepting new roles and a new purpose in life. And like in this case, Buzz Lightyear, he was accepting a new role in leadership. And you know, because when Woody wasn't around, they was all looking for Buzz. Like, hey, what we do? What's the plan? And you could tell he was nervous throughout the movie. And you know, throughout the movie, he got confident and stepped up to the role of becoming a leader when Woody wasn't around. And at the end of the movie, Woody did accept a new role and a new purpose in life. And a few, there's a lot of things I liked about the movie, but I'm gonna name a few of them. A few things I liked about the movie is, of course, the animation and the attention to detail that Disney and Pixar have when making movies like this. Because when Pixar came out, they changed the animation game since the first movie. Because the Toy Story movies aged really well. I was watching the second one on TV the other day. And, you know, Toy Story 2 was released 1999, so 20 years ago. But the animation was so ahead of its time. It looked like the movie was just released a couple years ago. But Toy Story 4 are probably some of the best animation you're going to see in a movie. Like I said, the attention to detail was outstanding. Like... When they zoomed in on one person's head, you could see every strand of hair in that person's head. And they had a few shots, you know, when the toys are they're, they're small, so everything's gonna be gigantic around them. So when they were when so when they were behind like dressers and bookshelves, you could see all the specks of dust, all the dust particles. And one thing that amazed me the most on the attention to detail was one scene where they was in a kindergarten classroom and Woody was in Bonnie's book bag. And he opened up the book bag and the book bag was in a cubby hole 
And you can see, like, you know, it's a kindergarten class, so kids are going to be rough and not take care of things. And you can see all the little jagged edges, the chips and the coloring stuff on in the cubby holes. And it's like, man, this this movie is real. And also the movie was really it was really funny. It had a lot of funny jokes in it, a lot of adult humor, because I assume Disney knows that kids are going or parents are going to see take their kids to see this movie. So they're going to add a lot of adult jokes and adult references in the movie and one joke in particular was real funny where we kind of sit there it was like did these toys plan on killing an old woman but they didn't you know it's a g movie so they didn't really blatantly said it but to me uh toy story was fantastic phenomenal spectacular in my final verdict for this movie i give this movie toy story four uh four and a half stars Thank you for listening to another episode of On The Come Up Podcast. I greatly appreciate y'all taking time out. Y'all's busy week to give this podcast a listen. Please like, subscribe, share. And remember, next week's episode will be uploaded on a Wednesday. Y'all have a nice weekend and see y'all next time.